Greetings, everyone. It's not the mid-week war. Um, if you notice, I didn't do an episode on Impact this week because I was going to see a play. There was a bunch of things in the air. Plus, I knew Slammiversary was this weekend, so I figured I would watch the Impact episode. And then, for shits and giggles, I'd, I'd watch Slammiversary. And... Well, I, I'm not going to talk about the Impact episode, because honestly, it was a bullshit filler episode. A lot, nothing really too good about it. Um, it was it was the last episode from India. It was basically a house show. But I watched Slammiversary today. Now, um, I have to point out, I wasn't expecting much from Slammiversary. They surprised me by delivering a really fun pay-per-view. Uh... I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, all right, I'll break this down match by match because, like, it was, there was a lot of really good stuff in here. Um, the first match was a uh, four-way tag team match for the tag team championships. You had LAX, uh, you had Laredo Jr. and Laredo Kid and Garza Jr., uh, sorry, I'm just bringing up my notes at the same time here. Uh, you have uh, El Hijo del Fantasma, uh, who you may know as King Cuerno, and Drago, who you may know as Drago, <laughs> against uh, uh, Marufuji and Ishimori. Um, yeah, I, I didn't hear their names enough to really get them down. But uh, holy crap, what a way to start. I mean... It, it reminded me of TNA pay-per-views of old where they just started off where, with the crazy-ass matchups that's going to get everyone's butts out the seat. Uh, it was really, really a lot of fun. Everyone was on point. There were high spots galore. It was, it was a really good time. I mean, LAX retained, which, you know, should have been expected pretty much. Um Diamante even got some big high spots in uh, against against some of the other luchadors. It looks like she, it looked like she might have hurt her knee during one of the spots, but it was still a really really fun match. Like huge opening for the card. Uh, definitely did not expect it, and I was really really pleasantly surprised. I mean, I guess with some of the people involved, I shouldn't have been too shocked, but they all they all brought it. Like it, it was a. Uh, it was really it was a it was a good start. I was like, okay, this at this point I kind of thought, okay, maybe this is the best match that's gonna be on the card. I might have been wrong. I don't even know what my favorite match on the card was yet. Um the next match we had, again, was not expecting much from this. It was uh Eli Drake and Chris Adonis against Moose and NFL running back D'Angelo Williams. Uh, you may know him from the Steelers, from Carolina Panthers. Again, <laughs> TNA does not have a successful track record with having football players in tag team matches. Pac-Man Jones, anyone. But I have D'Angelo Williams. Bravo, sir. Bravo. Uh, he kicked ass. I mean, he didn't sell as much, um, like getting beat down as much I would like, but it was a showcase match. It, it, he he did a standing moonsault. He he was really really good. Like honestly, I think he wrestled a little bit better than Moose. Uh, 
you know, a, a, that that's a possibility. Um, it ended with the only thing that there was one kind of little botchy thing at the end. D'Angelo Williams, the big high spot was he was gonna frog splash. I think it was Eli Drake through a table, and he hit the frog splash, but kind of missed the table, which was a little funny. But you know, they got the win. It was it was a really fun match. I'm like, okay, all right, Slammiversary, you're two for two now. Let's let's see where this goes. Um, now this next match is weird. Uh, it it was a strap match between EC3 and James Storm. It it was a fine match. Nothing really wrong with it, except the finish was very very weird. Uh, I don't really know if this is a work. If if something seriously happened, I don't think it's something seriously happened because. Basically, EC3 um, planted James James Storm's head into the ring post, and Storm hit a last call super kick, and then was going for a second one and kind of fainted, and um, it looked serious for a second. And then EC3 delivered like an angel's wings or like an elevated pedigree. I'm like, okay, everything's gotta be okay. They wouldn't have done that if it was something super serious, but it was still a weird finish. Um, I don't know if this is the end of James Storm and TNA. I it might just be the continuation of their story, but it was a it was a weird way to go for this match. Uh, but all right, and before I, before I get to this match, I need to talk about the commentary. Um, as you guys know, Jeremy Borash and Josh Matthews were uh, they had a match at Slamversary, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. So they weren't on commentary, and on commentary tonight were uh, Don West and Robert Flores, and oh, I, I think they overall helped my enjoyment of the pay per view because it was such a a fresh perspective on the world of TNA, and it was nice to hear to watch an entire TNA programming without arguing and bickering. It was really pleasant to hear that, and I think. I mean, as you guys know, commentary can help or kill a wrestling promotion. And honestly, I think the commentary really helped the show tonight. Not to say that the show was bad. The show was actually really good. Um, not perfect. I'll get to some of the low points in a few minutes. But, yeah, it was really, really solid pay-per-view. Um, so we go into the Joseph Park and Jeremy Borash versus Josh Matthews and Scott Steiner match. As you would expect, uh, I didn't think that much of this match. But it kind of turned out to be an amazing love letter to the ridiculousness of TNA. Um, they they final deletioned it. I'm, I'm going to say it. They, they basic, that's basically what they did. Like There was a little bit of in-ring stuff. Uh, then... There was some some weird, like when Scott Snyder came. Like there there were some funny parts where Josh Matthews was wrestling Joseph Park and he couldn't like flip him over. Like his strikes had no effect. And then when Scott Snyder came into the ring, they all fought to the back. And this is where shit got really weird. Um, basically, <laughs> Joseph Park and Jeremy Boris were trying to run away. So Scott Snyder and JB are chasing. Matthews are chasing after them. Scott Snyder finds a golf cart. 
and tells Josh to get in, says he's going to run their fat asses over, and chases after them with a golf cart. A golf cart. I think uh, they get out of the golf cart, and the guy with the truck from the final deletion, I'm pretty sure that was him, not positive. He, he stops and goes to give Scott Snyder a high five. Snyder pulls him out of the truck, and then they're chasing the guys with the truck. It's it's a really weird thing. Then they decide to split up. Josh Matthews chases Jeremy Borash into a pool, and Josh Matthews gets back body dropped into the pool by JB. Basically, Josh flipped over him to go into the pool, and Jeremy Bor and uh, Jeremy Borash did his little flipping cannonball thing into the pool. And as they're fighting in the pool, fucking Shark Boy shows up. A fucking Shark Boy. Goddamn real life shark boy in a pool with fake Jaws music shows up and goes after Josh Matthews. Honestly, I swear to you, I'm not making this up. This is not two truths and a lie. This really happened. Um, it was great. And Joseph Park gets away from Abyss, uh, get, gets away from, excuse me, he gets away from Scott Snyder and runs him to. Father James Mitchell of all people and Father James Mitchell looking demonic as all hell. He is holding Abyss's old masks, tossed it to Joseph Park and says, happy slammiversary. It's fantastic. So um, eventually Scott Snyder and Josh Matthews chase Jeremy Borash back to the ring. Uh, they take turns putting on a Steyer recliner. Shark Boy comes down to the ring to tries to in, to try to help uh, JB and gets tossed aside. And then the real Abyss comes out. It's fantastic with James Mitchell. Uh, Josh Matthews eats eats a um oh a black hole slam onto some thumbtacks, and oh I I felt so bad like uh. Scott Snyder gets taken out by Abyss. I believe they're fighting on the outside. And Josh Matthews, uh, I mean, Jeremy Borash, goes for a splash off the top rope. The splash looks fine, but JB put his hands right into the thumbtacks, and you can tell he was not expecting to do that. Like, JB's hands are covered in thumbtacks. Like, Josh Matthews was wearing a shirt, so you couldn't tell how much damage he sustained with it. But Abyss and Joseph Park won. Uh, Abyss, Abyss and Jeremy Borash won, and it was, it was really fun. I I can't explain it. I really can't explain it. Um, the next three matches. Uh, the next match, again, uh, it's a this is a weird match because it's a mixed tag, uh, Full Metal Mayhem match, and I have to say this match. Fuck, I, I want more like this because it's Alicia and Eddie Edwards, Alicia Baranos, Nevea uh, on the indie scene against Angelina Love and Davey Richards. They beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> like all four of them. Just like you had Angelina Love going after Davey, you had Alicia going after Eddie. Uh, strike that, reverse it. But Angelina Love going after Eddie, Alicia going after Davey, vice versa. It was. Really a lot of fun. Very brutal. Like some of the spots just look like they hurt a whole lot. Uh they even brought more thumbtacks out for this match. 
yeah, like there were thumbtacks in this match, and and uh, I believe Alicia took a bump onto the thumbtacks. There was also a part where Angelina tried to pour thumbtacks in the mouth of Eddie Edwards. Very, and it was a short match too. Like, yeah, it's the shortest match on the card. It was not even ten minutes, but damn, was it a lot of fun! It was a lot of fun. I really, I think this might have been my favorite match of the card. It might have been because Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards have such a low bar for me. Like, they're they're great as a tag team. I don't mind them as a tag team at all. But as a singles, neither of them have ever impressed me. This match was amazing. Like, it it blew my expectations out of the water. And honestly, yeah, I think I think it is my favorite match of the night. I think it is. I think I'm gonna say that. Um. The next match we had a uh, an X Division title match, two out of three falls, which I thought this was gonna be my favorite match of the night, and it was still real fun. But uh, yeah, it was Loki and Sanjay Dutt. Loki got the first uh, first fall by doing a wicked roll up into a Warrior's Way. Uh, it was really really nice, and the second fall, eh, it, it was alright, not too bad. But then Sanjay Dutt did like a um, a moonsault double stomp. Out of like almost like a bridging German thing um, from the Tree of Woe to get the final fall. And uh, I could watch those two guys fight forever. They're, 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 I mean, you know, there's I, I talked a lot about Sanjay Dutton Loki on the end on the end of the episodes. This is more of the same of that. It, it was really, really great. Uh, the next match was Sienna uh, going against Rosemary for the unification of the women's style and the knockout style. Rosemary came out to a really weird entrance that kind of looked like Finn Balor slash Undertaker demon people. It was very weird. Um, but yet the standard Laurel Van Ness interruption, which is always welcome. Allie came out with a kendo stick, which was just... Allie chasing Laurel Van Ness out with a kendo stick is something I want on a GIF. Internet, please and thank you. Um, but it, this uh, this was a standard match with the two of them, pretty much. But the finish was really cool. Rosemary was going for the mist. Sienna covered her mouth, so Sienna didn't get misted. Um, and Sienna even sold that her that the mist was burning her hand. So what does Sienna do? She rubs the mist in Rosemary's eyes, which such a cool spot. I know we've we've seen this before people who have missed but it's just so it was it's still very very effective and sienna got the win by putting on a dragon sleeper with uh with the with the misted rosemary and sienna is your first gfw women's knockouts champion i don't know what we're calling them but uh unified champions uh it'll be interesting to see how they address all these title unifications on uh the next impact wrestling or Global Force Thursday Night Spectacular, whatever we're calling it, I don't know because I'm pretty sure TNA is actually dead. Uh, but um, now we get now we get to the main event, and the main event. This is where I kind of feel like the show fell off. Um, it's Alberto Patron, the GFW title, uh, out to the ring with his father Dos Caras, who is very cool, uh, going up against Lashley, the Impact World Champion, with King Mo. No one really cares at ringside. Um, and it was a fine match. There's nothing actually wrong with the match. But, and this is something I've been harping on since Alberto came back to WWE. His new finisher 
the little double stomp thing, it doesn't make for a good match. It never has. Uh, not even when he was in Lucha for a hot second. It's just the, the, the mark of a good finisher is a move that you can hit on anyone and from anywhere, more or less. That that's the mark of a good finisher. That's why everyone loves the RKO. That's why you love sweet chin music. That's why you love you know, stuff like that. Like five star frog splash. R V D can hit from anywhere. Like that that's why people love finishers like that. This double stop finisher of Alberto El Patron, it's garbage. And it fouls up any match he's in because you have to take 10 years to set up for it. Like, Lashley has been this unstoppable juggernaut champion. And he's made to look a fool by just, like, teetering between... The for the top and middle rope while holding on to it, waiting for the double stomp to happen. It's ridiculous, and the the number of setups that tried to like it just takes you out of the match completely because it's not organic at all. It's not even close. And honestly, this was the only match that really fell flat for me. Everything else was pretty solid, and plus, this match was really long. This match was almost twenty minutes. And Alberto and Lashley, they're not exciting guys. I'm sorry, they're not. I mean, they're really not. I wish that we could have had anyone better to do this unification match. Or, like, had a third person involved. Just just something. Like, I, I, think, I think this match needed something extra. And you know what? I will say this. Didn't have interference. And I was I was expecting a lot of shit. But uh, basically a clean finish, which that's that's a good thing. Can't say anything about that. that that's, that's good. I hope that trend continues. Um, but yeah, Alberto did get his stupid little double stomp in. He became the uh, unified champion. Okay, so uh, I think that's it for uh, Slammiversary. I'm trying to think if I missed anything. Oh, they had a backstage segment where Dutch Mantel couldn't find Bruce Pritchard, which, I mean, that didn't pay off at any point. LAX said they're going to have a new member. I thought it was going to be Alberto Patron. I thought that's where we were going with this. Hell, it still might be where we're going with this. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was weird. It was, it was, but the the show overall. I know I normally don't say this, but I'd watch it. I'd watch like at least two thirds of this again. Definitely the first match. Definitely the Full Metal Mayhem match, and just for sheer enjoyment. Like if you've ever watched TNA and you've heard how ridiculous it is, you need to watch the Abyss, Joseph Park, Borash Steiner, Josh Matthews thing. You have to watch it. It's really funny. Uh, it was it was good. And if you want to see a decent athlete, what he can do in a ring, D'Angelo Russell uh, Williams, he did really good. Honestly, the first two thirds of this pay per view were really solid. I the the Sanjay Dutt 
low-key match. Could have been a little shorter for my taste because that was the longest match on the card. I understand it was three falls, but still. Could have been a little bit shorter, like, you know, give, give some time to one of the other matches. But, yeah, overall, it was a pretty solid show. Really solid show, and I wasn't expecting that. Um, now, with Global Force fully taking over TNA, uh, this means TNA is dead. Hopefully, I guess. And I hope the, the new Global Force show, whatever we call it, they're probably still going to call it Impact Wrestling. But um, I hope it's similar to how this show was booked. But uh, I guess we'll see. And um, I'll still be watching. I'm not going anywhere. I'm still still watching this, especially. And I know I'm going to, I'm gonna pay for saying this, but Slammiversary gives me hope for Impact or Global Force or whatever we're calling it. Global Impact. I'll call it Global Impact until they tell me otherwise. But uh, Slammiversary gives me hope. I'm probably going to be proven wrong immediately. But uh, yeah, at least for right now, for next week. For next week's episode, I have hope. And then I'm probably going to hear Josh Matthews and Jeremy Borash on commentary, and it's all going to go away. But, um, yeah, so uh, we'll catch you next time. And, uh, uh, actually, before I wrap up, you can find me at Mad Mike on the Twitter machine. You can go to at Mayhem Show. Look for the hashtag MM. I did live tweet Slammiversary a little bit. And uh, also, go on uh, WrestlingMayhemShow.com. You can check out our Facebook group. We do a live show every Tuesday night. Around about 10 o'clock, roughly when SmackDown ends on the West Coast. And it uh, should be interesting because we're probably going to have some sort of crazy 4th of July stuff. Because uh, free agent John Cena is coming back. But da -da -da. Uh, so yeah, we'll catch you next time we're talking about Impact on the Mid-Week Wall.